Your financial mission, should you choose to accept it, is to achieve financial clarity. New Intel suggests that bad financial actors are constantly filling the landscape with misinformation and other barriers and obstacles, leaving you with limited time to make the right choices for a successful financial future. To make things easier, we've chosen your team for you. Financial Commander Janine Theus will help lead you to success. As always, should you avoid the excellent guidance you're about to receive, you'll be disavowed. Also, this message will self-destruct in three seconds. Three, two, one. Time to march on with another edition of Your Financial Mission, the podcast that answers your tough financial questions and takes a look at the financial landscape and sees how you might be able to improve your situation going forward. We've got lots of great things to talk about on today's program, but first let me introduce you to Janine Theus. She is the CEO and founder of Theus Wealth Advisors, your financial commander here on the show, serving you not only in Columbia, but throughout Howard County and beyond. You can find her online at TheusWealthAdvisors.com. That's TheusWealthAdvisors.com. I'm Walter Storholt, and on today's show, we're going to talk about a recent news headline to get things started here in a moment, and then we're going to dive into a little bit what we'll like to call the ups and downs of an informed consumer when knowing a whole lot is knowing too much and how that can sometimes be paralyzing for folks trying to make a decision. We'll get into more details on that coming up in a few moments. But first, Janine, thanks for joining us this week. How you doing? Thanks, Walter. It's great to ha- um, be talking with you again. Yeah, looking forward to the conversation today. And let's start off with that recent news headline as we'll see what's happening in the news. Extra, extra, read all about it. So this one's a bit of bad news, Janine, for, you know, fans of marriage and what it stands for. Jeff Bezos and his wife Mackenzie recently announced their separation. Now, that is certainly going to be a spendy divorce. Any words of wisdom, we're just going to broaden this out or maybe bring it closer in. Any words of wisdom for couples who might find themselves in a similar situation of going into that separation phase and maybe a divorce on the horizon? It's a tough subject, obviously, but my gosh, it's one that so many people are facing these days. Well, you know, it's a really interesting story. When you look at the topic, I mean, yeah, the, it's it's great fodder for the gossip columns and pages, you know, at the tabloids because it's roughly 140 billion dollars, and apparently he sent some steamy texts to his girlfriend. I find Oof. it interesting that his girlfriend, Aparamore, is a clone of his wife. Oh gosh, <laughs> you know. So, but they started this whole operation, you know, 25 years ago. They've been married, so they weren't rich then. So there was no need for any prenuptial. And that's the thing in the newspapers is they didn't have a prenup agreement. Well, most people don't start a marriage with a prenup agreement because you don't see foresee this happening to right. you. I mean, for Amazon, it's going to be a bit of a challenge because if they split his holdings, he owns 16% of Amazon. So is she going to have a more of a controlling share of the company and how it operates You know, than he does or more say? Yeah. And it looks... Thank goodness. And this is where the takeaway is for all us little people. It looks to be an amicable split. And in fact, she sent, or they both announced jointly on Twitter, you know, the decision to split after all these years. I mean, there's some interesting wording in the verbiage, but for the most part, it seems to be a, an amicable split. They're going to remain friends. They are friends. You know, they're not splitting up the kids and family and all that other stuff. And I think the takeaway here is, Every state is different in how they handle divorce law. 
you know, some states, I mean, these guys are in Washington, even though they have homes all over the place. So it's a community property state. So ideally, or typically, you'd see a 50-50 split of assets. But honestly, in any state, it's what you negotiate. 50-50 is like the least that you have to do unless you negotiate otherwise. You know, so it, it remains to be seen what's going to happen with them. But for most people that find themselves in a divorce, the best thing you can do is make it an amicable split because otherwise, if it's acrimonious, the only people who win are the attorneys. Hmm. And, you know, so there's back and forth because you're going to have to split everything. You know, the house, one of you is going to have to buy the other out. You might have to split your retirement accounts. That usually happens. Any joint assets, the only way you can, like, for instance, if you inherit money from a parent and you kept it in your name and you can trace it to being an inheritance to you specifically, you might be able to salvage that. But if you take that inheritance and put it into a joint account, it's joint money. Mm, all bets are off at that point. All bets are off. So again, you know, it's what you can negotiate. And, you know, the thing to learn here is you hate to see these, this happen to anybody, but if you can, you know, stay with amicable, it saves you a lot of money and it saves a tremendous amount of heartache because the whole procedure is not, not a fun one to go through. Yeah. Not fun at all. And that sounds like great advice to give people who are going through that maybe right now, or maybe you can sense that coming. Maybe you've are in kind of that stage that Bezos and his wife are in right now of separation with the divorce and pending. I'm guessing though, the sooner somebody comes in to get that kind of help, Janine, the more that can be done, the better it is. I mean, you don't want to wait for really after the divorce. I'm not saying come in right now if you're happily married for, you know, on your 15th year. Hey, let's go ahead and go ahead and get this sewed up with some planning. But, you know, once <laughs> once things start to go downhill and you kind of know that that's the eventual decision that you're heading toward before all the paperwork gets signed, go ahead and start that process of meeting with an advisor and talking about the financial side. Yeah, absolutely. Because part of the objective is to be on the same page. I mean, if, obviously, if you're staying married, <laughs> You want to be on the same page with regard to family goals, retirement planning, all those different kinds of things that, that touch your life. But if you're thinking about separating or divorce, most attorneys or most good advisors are going to try to put you in touch with a mediator because can you mediate your differences and keep yourselves whole? Because when you look at the statistics, I mean, I used to joke, I mean, and I still do, divorce is the quickest way to poverty because yeah. your women especially are better off being married financially. But these days, depending on how they split up the assets, you can impoverish a, a man. So, you know, you want to try to avoid that. And so get in if you're having some issues, get it on the table, yeah. talk about it, because I think it's helpful to have a third party help you assess what the repercussions are going to be if you actually go through with this. Mm -hmm. Because there are a lot of decisions that need to be made. Yep. It's really interesting. It brings with a lot of complications, and you just need to make sure that you're making the right decisions and getting good guidance on all different fronts. It's such an emotional time that it's very easy to make mistakes, and that's why I think so many people do. Yeah. Well, and, yeah, the emotions tend to drive the problem. Yeah. A lot of times, especially if there's acrimony. So, you know, you're at each other's throats and that's really difficult <laughs> to come to some agreement on anything, let alone who's going to get the house and finances, et cetera. And so if you can avoid that, it's worth it to 
kind of set aside whatever the issue is so that you can make these decisions with a clear head. Well, in the uh, worst designed segue of all time, you know, marriages have their ups and downs, and we're going to talk about the ups and downs of being an informed consumer on today's show. And I don't know, Janine may just fire me after that segue. I'm not quite sure. But. <laughs> no, it's all good. <laughs> all good. Okay, then we'll, we'll proceed. You know, I think, Janine, we all want to feel informed about our options when it comes to making financial decisions. That almost sounds like a dumb statement. You know, we want to we want to make sure we know what we're doing when it comes to our money. So I'm sure you're like me. You use Google. You, you maybe watch TV. You listen to the radio. You're listening to this podcast, obviously. So you're gathering information from lots of different sources to try and learn about your finances, to learn about the economy, to learn about preparing for your financial future. So I want to look at some of the most popular areas where we are getting financial education from, Janine, and evaluate whether or not these are wise areas from which to grow our financial base, our financial knowledge. And certainly a lot of folks are getting financial news and information, like I said, from TV shows, magazines, newsletters, those kinds of things. Let's clump all that together and just say, you know, media. And I'm curious, you know, who are the primary voices in the media that you find people are listening to? Well, the most obvious one that I hear occasionally is Susie Orman, which all registered and licensed financial advisors cannot stand. <laughs> Okay. And there's a reason for that. <laughs> but she's done an excellent job of marketing herself and her quote unquote advice. She's not a financial advisor, but she's good at marketing. So people listen to her because wait, 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 she wait. talks about finances. I, I, don't want to gla- you know? I, don't, I don't want to glaze over that. We, we, we've got to go back to that. Okay. You, you said a lot of people are getting their financial advice and in the same breath said she's not a financial advisor. That's correct. She's not. I believe she was a, a broker on Wall Street. At one time. And what she's done is build her empire, if you will, but through marketing financial advice, which you can do without being licensed, because you're not being paid by the consumer or the client for financial advice. You're basically giving financial advice out in the media. So it's caveat emptor, buyer beware. And so she's given a lot of advice over the years that's been absolutely horrific. In 2008, when the market fell all the way to the bottom, she was telling people to sell their houses. That's one instance I can remember, which I thought, what the heck are you talking about? And so that made for some very lively discussion among some advisor forums I've been in. But yeah, you do not have to be a licensed advisor to give advice if it's through a you know the media machine. So that's a problem right there. I, I think Dave Ramsey falls into that same boat, does he not? Yes, he does. In fact, I had him listed as one of the, the folks here because he's very good on getting people to handle debt to get out of debt, to plan to get out of debt. But some of his, it's like not everybody fits in the same mold. So there is some debt that's okay to have, like mortgages, depending on the circumstance, where he wants you to get rid of it all. Well, there are reasons for you not to get rid of your mortgage because it might, you've basically locked up a lot of money and your house might appreciate it 3% where the market's doing 10 So there's, you're missing that opportunity. But he his advice for debt is pretty on point. His advice for investing, he's not licensed necessarily. He's not licensed to talk about managed money. Now he does get, so here's something that a lot of people don't realize. He gets, I don't want to say kickbacks, but he does get compensated by one of the big mutual fund companies for recommending them. So you would think that would be a conflict of interest. But again, 
He's not giving you specific advice. He's giving a large group of people through the media advice. So you have to be really careful where the advice is coming from and what the intent is. The Kiplinger letter is usually pretty good. A lot of good information in there. But again, it may not apply to you. So you can't just take it as gospel that, oh, I have to do this because Kiplinger says so. And here's a great example. I had a a client send me a bunch of information plus a video of a guy that was on um, CNN. And David Stockman was an economic advisor, I believe, to Reagan way back when. Well, he's not a household name anymore. So I, I sent her back. I said, okay, just erase all this, ignore all this. He's trying to keep himself relevant. And believe it or not, most economists are not good at being economists. So nobody can predict where the market's going, where the economy's going necessarily, uh, where the Fed should be. So you need to like put all this on hold, you know, just you can hear it, but don't act on it because it doesn't pertain to you. It pertains to things you can't control. So it's really interesting when people, you know, take this on board and say, well, should I be doing this? Well, no, it depends on your situation, Yeah, which is really, really important for people to remember that most of the information out there is very generic. So you said most of the information out there. This is a then big step to take because we go from talking about media, the primary voices in the media like TV, magazines, and newsletters. Let's open the can of worms that is the Internet as a whole. What are the pros and cons (laughs) of going to Google and using the Internet for your financial research? There's some great information out there. (laughs) And there's some really terrible information out there. Like if you wanted to know how an IRA works and what the laws were, internet's a good place. You know, if you're looking for how something works, it's a pretty good place to find information. What you have to be able to do is put it into context and then put it into the context of your life. Most people have problems with that. Not that it's a problem, but it's a challenge because you're not paying attention to the changes in the law. And if you're reading something that was posted in 2017, Well, the law has changed, you know, on a couple of things. It does every year, even though tax law changed as of the, what was it, the first month of 2018, it was January 2018, there are some things that will change in 2019. So unless you're keeping track of all of this, how does it apply to you? It's going to be confusing. If you Google the word investment, you're going to get about 9 million pages. It'll take you a couple thousand years to read all of that. (laughs) So what of this actually pertains to you? as an individual or a couple. And that's what's really important. And that's what's really hard when you try to start doing financial research, you know, online, because there is so much of it, it's overwhelming. You know, that's where I put like too much research. That's what I was gonna ask you. Is it possible to do too much research before making a financial decision? Can it become paralyzing at some point? I think it does. I think it really does for most people because it's not what they do. And most individuals or couples' financial situations are not terribly complicated. So if you're keeping track of your budget, you kind of know what you're going to spend. You know, it's a different issue in retirement. But the the challenge for most people is coordinating Social Security, Medicare, distributions from IRAs and, you know, other plans you know, if you have a taxable account, how does that work? How does that fit into what you're trying to do? And where does life insurance fit in or long-term care insurance or, you know, all of these different aspects of planning? Can you put it all together? Can you fit the puzzle together so it makes sense for you? Most people have no interest in doing that because it's overwhelming. They'd rather go 
do whatever they're going to do. And that's where research, research can be great if you, you know, online, if you want to figure out how something, one thing works or read the IRS code, which most people don't want to do <laughs> if you've yeah. ever tried to do some of that, you know? So yeah, there is such a thing as too much research because it's paralysis by analysis. Do you have any examples of how people kind of did harm themselves by, you know, maybe not doing too much research, but just in general, they they influenced their own decision making from the research that they were doing that maybe they got from unreliable sources or, or whatever the case may be and, and it actually ended up being harmful to them? Yeah, there was a gentleman that came in from one of my classes back in 2015, and he was adamant because he was following the research of a local financial money manager here in Howard County. And he was, he's been following his research and reading it all. And I said, well, that's nice. <laughs> um, and he is absolutely positive that the S&P 5 is only going to earn 1% for the whole decade. And I just kind of, you know, it's hard not to smirk sometimes, honestly. I'm like, does what crystal ball does he have? Because I don't care how much math you do. There's nothing that says that's a fact. That's a prediction and nobody makes, most of the people making predictions, let me put it that way, are unsuccessful in, you know, determining where the market is going. So that, that and also as a result, seems to fly in the face know, of any 10 year period you look at in the market tends to be up, right? Exactly right. Exactly right. The market is a hundred percent positive over rolling 20 year periods. So yes, you know, we had a really crappy year last year, 2018. But when you look at the market overall from 2016, which was the election, to where we are now, so what is that? Two years? A little over? Yeah. I mean, we're up how many points? Seven, 6,000 points, you know, in the Dow? Well, who predicted that? Not the folks in the media. <laughs> but why it was so critical for this gentleman is his 401k only was invested, about $100,000 of it was invested and $400,000 was not invested. It was in cash. So I'm trying to puzzle out, one, there's fear, there's paralysis, and then there's just this, oh, well, I'm, I know more than you, because this guy knows more than you. And I said, well, okay, I guess we're not a good fit then. <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of people who know more than me on certain topics, so that's yeah. fine. But in this instance, I can unequivocally state you're wrong and so is he because <laughs> the data proves otherwise yeah so just out of curiosity if somebody i think you mentioned this one of your clients sent you a video they sent you some material a resource and said hey look at this is that somebody something can do if they're evaluating whether it be an actual financial product or maybe it's just something that they've seen in the news or the media and they want to bounce it off of you is that something that that you do with clients and with folks that you're working with all the time all the time. And it's usually just a handful of folks that say, hey, take a look at this and tell me what you think. So I take a look at that. And then I say, well, you know, let's analyze this. You know, what is it? And first off, are they trying to sell something? Because usually any doom and gloom prognostication, those people are trying to sell you something. So, you know, safe retirement solutions sounds really great. Okay, it's annuities. <laughs> Anytime somebody talks about safe retirement, it's an annuity. Now, are annuities bad? No. And there's a place for them. It's just a tool. But if that's your only answer, then I have a problem with that. I used to sit with my kids and watch commercials and say, what are they trying to sell? What are they really selling? And my kids still talk to me today about that because they said it really made them 
become more critical in their thinking. <laughs> you turned them into cynics at an early age. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's what I did. <laughs> but I mean, you have to be because everybody's trying to sell you something. And the question is, should you buy? I mean, it has to be the right solution or the right tool for the solution you're trying to, you know, ferret out. Right. Just because they're trying to sell you something doesn't mean it's not a good fit for you. But Right. But it has to fit into the big picture. Right. It can't be just, you know, buy this, 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 and this, and then how does this all work with over here? You know, do you even understand what you bought? I mean, I'm really very big on people understanding what it is they bought. Yeah. And that's a big difference between the conversation, right, of suitability. This is suitable for you. It's kind of like those new commercials that are out. What is the, uh, now I can't remember the product. Is it Pepsi or is it just something else where they, everything they do in the commercial is like, yeah, it's okay. Where they're like, here's your surgeon today. Is he a good surgeon? (laughs) Yeah, he's okay. And then, you know, he comes in, they're like, just okay. And then he comes around the corner and he's like, hey, what's going on? You feeling uh, nervous? And the patient's like, yeah, I am feeling nervous. And the doctor goes, yeah, me too. But we'll see what we can do. We'll just roll the ball out there and see what happens. See you in there. And then... (laughs) I just saw that one. You know, just be, being okay is not okay, but that's what suitability is, and that's what a lot of advisors, that's the threshold that they have to meet. That's exactly right. And in fact, that was what the DOL ruling that, you know, a few years back they were trying to push on all these other quote-unquote advisors through banks, brokerage houses, and insurance companies. They're trying to take this suitability ruling and morph it into, you know, what's best for the client fiduciary standard. And there was a huge amount of pushback and it ended up, you know, but the problem with the law is the law was not written very well. So it wasn't going to change anything about the difference between suitability and appropriate. You know, your client appropriate. So that's really interesting, but you're absolutely right. That commercial is great for that point. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Well, if you've got questions about what we've talked about today, maybe you're new to the program, we do invite you to reach out to Janine. Run by her some of the things that you're seeing out there in the news. Did you find something on the Internet that you're wondering about? Is it a financial product that you've been pitched or even a plan that another advisor has put together for you? If you want a second opinion of that plan or of that product or just of something you've seen in the news, a piece of information. Maybe it's just a long-held belief that you've had about the financial world and you've never really thought, well, is that accurate? Is that the best way to to view this? Uh, reach out to Janine and she can certainly take a close look at that with you. Talk about, is it something that's indeed in your best interest or is it just suitable for you or worse? And uh, can help uncover solutions to that as well. Get the straight skinny on your financial plan. Call for 443-718-6311. That's 443-718-6311. And of course, we're always online at theuswealthadvisors.com and you can contact us through the website. Appropriate links in today's show notes. So check that on your podcast app or on the website, theuswealthadvisors.com. Janine, that's it for today's podcast. Thanks as always for the stories and good information. This was a fun one and uh, we'll look forward to next episode as well. Thanks so much, Walter. It was great talking with you. Have a good one. That's Janine Theus. I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next time on Your Financial Mission. 